We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast thursday september 30th 2021 the final day of the month of september in 2021 is officially october football season i don't know about you guys but that is my personal favorite month in Green Bay, in football season in general. It's just kind of that turn of the calendar. You have October baseball, obviously, with the playoffs starting here in the next couple of weeks. And, of course, the Packers season now in full swing. Welcome to the Pack-A-Day podcast, everybody. I've got my full crew back in better than ever. Well, you know, maybe they're better than ever. I don't know. I'll let them say that for themselves. <laughs> I'm your host tonight. I am Jacob Westendorf, as I am on every Thursday morning. And for your listening pleasure, I am joined by last week's host, thank God we didn't get fired after that, but Jimmy Christensen joining us. Jimmy, welcome. Yeah, I'm surprised to be here. I was fully expecting to be fired as you as you were. Um, but no, I'm glad to be back. The full team's here. What a what that, a great day. That we are, and we're happy to have Maggie back to keep us in line. And Maggie, I really think they could have used you more last week, maybe so than this week. But nonetheless, <laughs> happy to have you wrangling us in this week. Uh, how is everything? I mean, Aaron does a really good job of that on on brand off topic. So I don't actually think that I could even try to replace her wrangling both of them. But I'm doing well. It's a hard job. Honestly, it's a very hard job. (laughs) And not one that I envy. So I am. Well, I mean, I guess I kind of try to do it. But thankfully, the show we do together has MBS on it. So you guys at least pretend to try and behave for a little while. Yeah. Before that gets rolling. But welcome to the show, everybody. The Green Bay Packers are 2-1 and one after stealing a victory in San Francisco, a game that felt like, honestly, that they should have won by two scores, at least in my opinion. That's how I felt. Uh, but then they have to get a late field goal. Mason Crosby, money in the bank, uh, stepped out on the field. My confidence level was as high as it's been. I firmly believe when, when it's go time, he's going to put the ball through the uprights. So that was a nice thing to see. Kyle Shanahan's a choke artist. I always enjoy watching him lose as well. Uh, The most arrogant head coach in the NFL, by my estimation. And uh, Twitter's golden boy, as uh, I was calling him over the weekend. So shout out to everybody that said he was going to put up 50 points on Joe Barry because coaches coach and players play. But that's beside the point. The Packers now move on to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
They will be at Lambeau Field, and we have tonight the Packers defense against the Steelers offense. It is the first start for Aaron Rodgers against the Steelers since Super Bowl 45. You guys might have remembered that one went pretty well. Uh, they've played the Steelers twice since in 2013. Matt Flynn uh, had a moment. The You may remember that game for Eddie Lacy jumping and t- kind of tumbling into the end zone. And then 2017, probably Brett Hundley's best game as a pro. A wild catch at the end by Antonio Brown before they made a long field goal as time expired to knock off the Packers on that particular night. But this one, Aaron Rodgers will play. And the Steelers, their offense has some nice toys on it. That's for sure. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is one that a lot of people like. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris. One big problem, and it starts at the quarterback position. And the stories this week are that the Steelers are starting to become more concerned that Ben Roethlisberger looks old and washed up. And I'm, I'm chuckling because I feel like they weren't watching the last two seasons if they're starting to be concerned about that just now. Jimmy, what from what you've seen from the Steelers uh, looking into this matchup, what is your assessment of their quarterback play here? Through, I mean, some people are even joking, are they just better off seeing what Mason Rudolph has or if Dwayne Haskins can be their guy going into 2022 and just start that clock now? Yeah, I, I mentioned this on Lombardi's bar before here. I He honestly reminds me right now of just Peyton Manning's last season. Uh, he was an incredible quarterback. He will likely be a Hall of Famer. He'll be in question, no doubt, winning the Super Bowls and everything, but He's just a shell of himself. They were saying with the new offensive coordinator, it was going to look a little bit different this year, but it's not. It's the same Steelers that we've seen the last couple seasons. He's not able to to make the throws that he he could in the past. He's not mobile like he was in the past, and he wasn't even that mobile. But he was just always hard to bring down. He's just a big. He's a big boy, as they say. Um, but it's just it's not been Roethlisberger. He I don't know. I and Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins are obviously. We've kind of seen a little bit of Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, same with him, but system he was in and the the players around him. Uh, not saying he's a good quarterback or anything, but there definitely is that question of will the team be better just putting somebody else in that position? And you're kind of thinking again back to those Broncos team with Peyton Manning when Osweiler took over. He did really, he did he did pretty well, and that got him that big contract uh, the following the following season. So I don't know, I. Uh, he's not. He's not good. He. I would not be surprised if he's at some point during the season either he retires or he. Uh, they said it on the back if he show like maybe he just says he's hurt, rides out the rest of the year, and then retires. But um, I think eventually the Steelers will realize like, hey, he's not our guy. If we want a chance to make the playoffs, we got to move on. So the other thing that's interesting about the injury report so far this week, and we record on Wednesday night, so we get the first taste of it. And that is that Ben is actually a DNP today, did not participate in practice with what they're calling a pectoral injury. So, Maggie, I kick to you here and ask, Mason Rudolph is listed as the team's primary backup. How much does this game change, if at all, if if Rudolph is playing instead of Roethlisberger? I mean, I think it's tough, obviously. There's not that much film on him. Yes, preseason. Yes, you know, the infamous game against the Browns. Um, but... I mean, you, you're hoping that it's Big Ben at this point because he's very statuesque in the pocket. 
Um, he's not going to have the mobility of a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson or somebody that would really push this Packers defense. And we did talk to Brooke Pryor um, of ESPN for Packs, what she said. And she said that, you know, Big Ben kind of historically the last couple seasons doesn't practice on Wednesdays. And there were multiple games last season where he wouldn't practice all week and then he'd play. But the, the pec injury is something that is problematic for him. It's his left pec, not the throwing arm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's getting beat up. He's only been sacked eight times um, in the first three weeks. But, you know, the offensive line is scary, scary bad. You know, he has no protection. Their offense is 28th in the NFL right now in points for. Um, so even though they have weapons like Claypool, and I know Juju's not practicing, but um, Johnson, Najee Harris, like, Harris, being a first-round running back, has had no support. You know, he's last in the NFL in rushing yards, and I think all of that kind of comes down to this offense not being able to find its way, and a big part of that is Big Ben. So I think Mason Rudolph is definitely a big question mark. It's hard because you don't have, you know, as much footage of him, and I think he's an unknown, but I think as far as, like, arm talent is concerned and scrambling ability, that poses more of a challenge than maybe Big Ben would going into Sunday. Yeah, the one worry that I would have about Roethlisberger is we're saying all these things about how he's done, he's washed, he's whatever. And all of those things were true in 2015. And the Packers, that was one of their best defenses this decade in 2015. And Peyton Manning shredded them. And it was embarrassing, quite frankly. It was the last time Peyton Manning looked like Peyton Manning on Sunday Night Football. And it was a rough one. Uh, so I <laughs> I guess uh, I worry about that for unrealistic reasons. But overall, I, I think that it doesn't matter who, who plays quarterback for this for this Packers team or for the Steelers, excuse me, against this Packers team. I think that they'll make some plays because this Packers defense still, in my estimation, is not very good, or at least they haven't shown that they are very good. They did do some better stuff on Sunday night. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But they'll make some plays. They have some guys who can make the plays. You know, something else Maggie mentioned about the Steelers unable to run the ball. One of the big reasons for that was they can't stretch the field. This is very New Orleans Saints end of Drew Brees career-esque where there is no throwing the ball down the field, and they don't scare you at all on anything that's not you know within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And it is hard to run the ball when a team can squeeze the field the way that you can against the Steelers, and there's no fear or threat to take the ball over the top. You guys remember, even with Aaron Rodgers, you know, the Packers, when they didn't have a consistent deep speed threat, that was something that was tough for them because the field was just condensed. They didn't have anybody to replace Jordy Nelson after, you know, his torn ACL in 2015. And that's just the way that things happened throughout the course of that year. On the defensive side of the ball, however, the Packers, the first six quarters of the Joe Barry era were about as bad as you could have expected. Uh, they gave up mm, 55 points, if math, math serves me well there. Uh, 38 against New Orleans plus 17 in the first half. There we go. That's good math. 55 points in six quarters. And then they didn't give up a point for the next, well, it should have been for the next four quarters, but evidently intentional grounding is is not a real thing if it's at the end of the half in San Francisco. But whatever. They gave up no points through five quarters and 29 minutes and 58 seconds. After that, so almost a full four quarters of football struggled in the second half from a point standpoint. However, I do think the defense played better. Uh, some absurd, and I'm not to blame the refs guy, but some absurd officiating, I thought, 
kind of gift wrap some points to the 49ers. Those seven I just mentioned, a horrendous, baffling pass interference penalty on Eric Stokes, giving the Niners new life on, I believe that was a third down play. So that's the difference between punting and they ended up scoring a touchdown on that series. But they did some better things. So let's go general view before we break down a little bit here. Maggie, what is your confidence level in this defense's ability? Because Pittsburgh's defense is legit. They And especially if if Watt can play and Highsmith can play and, and Minka Fitzpatrick is a player, guys, you got to account for. Uh, Cameron Hayward's very good. I mean, they've got some players on that defense. What's your confidence level in the Packers' defense being able to control this game if it, the offense can't score you know, 30 like they have the last two weeks? Well, that's what I was going to say. I think the key into this game is having your offense put up points and then playing with a comfortable lead. And I know that that's not always how it works, but that is historically how these Packers teams have found the most success. But I do think the key here for the defense is, like you said, like, you know, you can't let them um, dink and dunk their way down the field because we've seen that to kind of be the kryptonite of these defenses. The idea of, you know, the bend, don't break can work, but the Packers, I guess I agree with you, you know, intentional grounding and other maybe penalties that kept drives aside. The Packers are 10 for 10 right now on defense in the red zone. So if the Steelers get into scoring range, those are the things that are going to be tricky for this Packers defense, unless they shore up in the red zone, which we haven't seen yet this season. So, you know, I think you just can't let them beat you with chunk plays because like you said, if it came down to like, you know, guarding the boundary with Eric Stokes and Jair, I'd, I'd feel pretty good about that. I feel better about the middle of the defense with Devondre Campbell than I have the last couple seasons. You know, we'll see if Chris Barnes is healthy enough to, to get back out there. But yeah, I think that's the key is like making this offense really work for it, you know, get them gassed. And then when your offense is on the field, obviously you have to capitalize. And I think we saw some missed opportunities against the Niners to put up points too. On offense. Yeah, their situational defense has been horrendous. Uh, they haven't been great on third down. They haven't been great on fourth down. Uh, they've had they've had some issues. But, I mean, some of that you can certainly say has been skewed. But the numbers are the numbers. Jimmy, confidence level in this group going into Sunday's matchup. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I starting off the season, I was I was hopeful for, for Joe Barry. Obviously, any any Packer fan is going to be excited when you get a new defensive coordinator, especially after the whole Mike Mike Pettin experiment not really turning out the way we wanted to. But 
the way he ended the Lions game and started the 49ers game, I was I was excited because it seemed like he was kind of turning it around after Matt LaFour had that little uh call it a pep talk at halftime saying he he had, he had to either play coverage or get pressure. I don't know. There, there's still a part of me that's hopeful that it's going to turn around. We have a new system with the new with the new guy in there, and I think with the talent that we have, like we have Jair, Preston Smith is playing at a very good level this year. Like he's done really well against the run. He's gotten some pressures. Kenny Clark last year he had that trouble with the groin, and that's an injury that lingers on throughout the season. And we've seen him this beginning of the year. Just he's he's causing havoc against these offensive lines. This last one against the 49ers, he caused that fumble. Um, we've seen him just push back that center right when the snap comes. So I'm still hopeful. I think we have the talent there. We just kind of have to piece it together. There's there's enough flash players against the 49ers to make me think that it can be turned around. And like you've said, there's only at some point, coaches coach, but players have to perform. And I do believe we do have the players to perform at a high level. And they need to. Uh, that's that's the other thing about this is I talked about it Sunday before the game started. And to their credit, they did. But I said the pass rush needs to play better. They haven't breathed on a quarterback through those first two games. Sunday night against San Francisco, they were much better. And against a good offensive line, it's not like they were playing some scrubs across from them. Kenny Clark was better. Preston Smith was good. Rashawn Gary was better. It was nice to see those guys get into the stack column. And I know – that the comment is going to be, well, they don't have Zadarius Smith. And I understand that, but the reality is the show goes on. And Zadarius Smith has a back injury. I am not 100% confident he's going to be back this season at all. And I know that sounds a little like fatalistic, but I've never met anybody that used to have a back problem. Back problems are tricky, and it could be something that lingers throughout the course of this season. If it does, then Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, these guys are supposed to be these other really good complementary rushers. Well, that should be a good enough starting unit to get more pressure on the quarterback than they had in the first two weeks. Now they've shown that they can. They need to, to use the old coach's term, stack those successes into this week, and they got to get something out of those secondary guys. You saw a, a bit or piece there from Jonathan Garvin. Not a ton from Chauncey Rivers, but those secondary rushers the Packers have, they just haven't done a whole hell of a lot. And that includes the defensive line as well. Guys like Lowry, guys like Lancaster, guys like Kingsley Kiki, those dudes need to step up as well. But we keep saying they have the players, and we say they have the players every single year. They need to show that now. Because the reality with this defense is, it's not a matter of are they good enough to win the NFC North. Because in all reality, winning the NFC North doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot for this team other than, you know, for the fans, maybe some bragging rights over their rival fans. Cool, whatever. This defense is going to be measured by, are they good enough to win the Super Bowl? And right now, I mean, I'm sure you guys feel this way too, but the answer to that question for me is a resounding no. Because the other thing is, it's amazing how one drive can skew how we talk about each game. Because the reality of that game is if Mason Crosby misses that field goal or Rodgers throws the ball just a little too high to Devontae Adams and they don't win that game, we're talking about how the ball was in the defense's hands and they gave up a touchdown with relative ease, if we're being honest, how the Niners were able to just mark. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's that's not Tom Brady. That's not Matthew Stafford. That's not some of them. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. That's just, you know, just a guy, as they say. So – my confidence level in this defense, I want it to be high. 
but right now it it really isn't. So that's something we're going to have to do on that. So biggest matchup, I, I just kind of went through mine. I still think it's the pass rush because that's where the strength of this defense is going to have to lie throughout the course of this season. Maggie, what what are you looking at for your biggest matchup coming into this Green Bay defense against this Pittsburgh offense? To me, I really think it's Devondre Campbell and whoever is with him. Like if it's Ty Summers, if it's Oren Burks, whoever is the second inside linebacker in some of these sub packages, they cannot be a liability on the field. So we saw a little bit of that against the 49ers, but you know, for some of that, and I am probably higher on the defense than you are just, you know, I thought the 49ers game was a, a real character win for the defense. And I think that they put, the Packers and some opportunities to be successful on offense, like, you know, the Jair pick that didn't amount into to points. So there's some things like that that I think are frustrating um, or like the, the PI in the middle of the field um, for Eric Stokes that probably shouldn't have been PI, but yeah, it's to me, it's Devondre Campbell. And, you know, we know that Najee Harris is, he's a talented running back obviously, and he's got good hands to kind of be utilized in the passing game, but, the the Steelers have 75 or less rush yards in, you know, the entire season to start and in two of their losses, 39 rushing yards, then 45 rushing yards. So, you know, if that dink and dunk is the only weapon that they have, I would expect a lot of kind of quick outs and slants and things that are just going to try and help them march the ball down the field. So if Devondre Campbell has looked as good as he did weeks two and three, because I thought, you know, he had some growing pains week one in the new Joe Barry defense, that's to me kind of, you know, the best spot for this defense is protecting that middle of the field. Jimmy. Yeah. I'm going to go with the, the secondary on this one. Um, that's their strong point of this offense with Washington, Schuster, Claypool. Um, obviously, we know, Alexander is a top cornerback in the league. Stokes likely will be the starter again this year or this year, this week uh, with Kevin King still in concussion protocol. Uh, hopefully he can get back and get back into the lineup. But I think just slowing down that that option for Ben Roethlisberger, if they have to, obviously if we get an early lead, they're going to have to rely on the pass. But I think just eliminating, eliminating that right away, like we see he can't make those contested throws like he could in the past. Um, the way that he's going to be able to win this game is just easy throws that we give him, whether it's com- miscommunications or just laps of coverage like, we have to make sure everything that Roethlisberger does is challenged. And I think our secondary is the most talented part of our defense. And Eric Stokes has another opportunity to show that he's earning of that second cornerback position. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what they can do against three talented wide receivers. I will be interested to see who their slot corner is or primary slot corner, I should say should Kevin King clear the concussion protocol because he obviously didn't play on Sunday night. I think uh, Stokes and and Alexander are your top two corners. I just think Stokes has played well enough to where you can even, and we talked about this after they played the Saints. His his mistakes can be learning experiences with King. That's just we're over the learning experiences. You're not learning anything from your mistakes. But this isn't rag on Kevin King hour. Obviously, just I'm curious to see who that will be Sunday, three twenty five Central Time. A Jim Nance Tony Romo special. At Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The game is on CBS for those of you that maybe didn't catch that. Uh, AFC team on the road against an NFC team means the game is on CBS more often than not. At least that's the general way that it works. But 
The Packers are two and one looking to get to three and one and something to me here. I think this game's important. Uh, Aaron Rodgers talked about how they don't, you know, they prepare the same way. There are no letdowns, all that good stuff. But I do think it's important for Green Bay to start kind of stacking these wins. I talked about this with uh, Brendan Dworzynski on the Pick 6 podcast today about how the Packers getting that win now are 2-1 and one instead of 1-2, and two, and they should be favored now in their next four games. Pittsburgh on Sunday, at Cincy, at Chicago, and home against the Washington footballers. Well, with that being the case, then, that's not to say they're going to win all those games, but they could and you can argue should be 6-1 and one before a Thursday night showdown against the Arizona Cardinals, who are now currently 3-0. and Losing, stumbling between now and then would essentially be giving back something like that that you had. So winning on, on Sunday night, they now are 1-1, one and one, or, well, 2-1 and one, against the NFC instead of 1-2 and two against the NFC. That matters. And getting to, this is a team that's compared to the Rams, the Cardinals, the Niners, the Bucks, teams like that. You have to win these games and build up those wins and get that money in the bank, so to speak, and chase that number one seed. Because I know the Packers had it last year and it didn't work out. It's still a good thing to have. You still want that buy. You still want as many games at Lambeau Field as you can possibly get. So I say all that to say my prediction is I think the Packers play with a sense of urgency. I think that it's one of those games that's maybe it'll be kind of like the Detroit game, not quite the same way because I think the defense will play a little bit better, but to where it's close early-ish and then the Packers kind of pull away as the second half hits. Uh, I like Green Bay to win this game. I say 34-20 to over the Pittsburgh Steelers, covering that seven-point spread for anybody who's interested in such things. Jimmy, 325, are the Packers getting to 3-1? and Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think the Steelers offense is too in too much of turmoil right now. Their defense is solid, but I think the Packers will. um, I think they'll win this game 27 to 17. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring, but I think um, I I don't know. I don't know what you consider high scoring, but with the Packers offense last year, I think 27 isn't super high, but I'll go 27, 17 Uh, Packers get this one pretty easily. Aggie. Yeah, so I think it's really interesting, like the sense, at least that we've gotten from the people in the Steelers kind of arena that we've talked to is it it feels like doom and gloom and there's not really a sense of identity on this team. And, you know, they're really approaching a rebuild and Big Ben is kind of the last piece of that. So you've now got all these premier um, talents on offense. You've got really nice pieces on defense like TJ Watt and then your quarterback situation is really skewed. And now, you know, the Browns look good. The Ravens look good. The Bengals look good. So you're kind of vying for bottom of the division, which is challenging because the Steelers were kind of always the bully in the AFC North. So, um, you know, I think that they'll approach this game as a must win, even though Mike Tomlin said that they haven't hit the panic button yet. Like that's not something they're doing. Um, But I still think, you know, it's kind of funny that Jacob, you mentioned it kind of being like the Lions game, because that's what I said on Pax, what she said earlier this week, where I thought that it would end up being very similar, where the Packers kind of run away with it in the second half. And the defense is more comfortable because the Packers are playing with a lead. So I think for me, I'm going to go 31 17. I think it'll be a comfortable win for the Packers. And I'm hoping, I guess in my prediction, I only gave him one field goal, but I'd like to see two field goals from Mason Crosby so he can set a new franchise record with 24. So 34-17, how about that? 
There's yeah, I'll change it. Or like 3421, maybe. Yeah, there we go. That that works all well enough. I, I appreciate that. So we all like the Packers to win this week, get to three and one. If you're going to be at Lambeau this week, I am mostly sure that I am going to be in the house. Maggie's waving at me, so she will be there. Uh, fellow Packadayer. Is that what we're calling ourselves? God, I hope not. That sounds terrible. But fellow Packaday podcaster, uh, Sarah Kelleher will be in the house, is my understanding as well. So if you are going to be there, let us know. It'd be cool to kind of hang out with you guys. And uh, it was just kind of a fun thing a few weeks ago when I saw most of you guys over at the Game On event. So I'd like to do more of that now that we can. You know, last year that was something that we all missed out on. So if you're going to be at the stadium, let us know. We'll come say what's up. Uh, until then, we're out of time. Check out the show on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. Check out the Marquez Valdez Scantling Show with Jimmy, Todd, and myself. And of course, MBS every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Jimmy, where can we find you? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Uh, anything I do will be posted there. Tuesdays, find me on Brand Off Topic uh, in the mornings or all day. It's a podcast. Follow, listen to it whenever you want. Um, Tuesday nights, MPS show with Jacob and Todd. Wednesday, Lombardi's Bar. Thursday, Pack a Day. Just follow me on Twitter. Too much stuff. Don't need to be doing all this. Follow me there. And Maggie, hit the tape. You guys are absolutely way too busy, but you can find me with uh, Cheesehead TV doing two articles a week. Um, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, but Perry and I were fortunate to have Brooke Pryor on from ESPN, who's the Steelers reporter uh, this week. She was phenomenal. Could have talked to her for about six hours, but we kept it to 30 minutes to be respectful of her time. So uh, check that out. But yeah, and Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Go ahead and hit that. As far as being busy, I don't speak for Jimmy. I'm basically a horrible husband and parent, I think is how that works. So Jimmy's nodding. So I think that that's his case as well. Until then, we will talk to you. I just accused him. I was not nodding. I was not nodding. (laughs) Des, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm sure Jimmy's No, she does not listen to anything I say. I don't think she's watched a full Packer game ever since we've been together. She could care less about football. Fair enough. Until then, we will be back next week after the Packers hopefully get to three and one. And before they get ready to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, led by Joe Burrow and old friend Mike Daniels uh, is on their practice squad. So that should be fun. Hopefully he gets elevated so we can get something uh, against him. Uh, Although I would rather he come just back and play for the Packers. But that's just me. Until then, next time, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Previewing the Bengals game. So look forward to that. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.